Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. He weighs both sides of the story and chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network. Sometimes you're better off not listening to lyrics, eh? That's really clever stuff. Anyway, I like the song. First time I heard it, I memorized the lyrics. Uh, Kathy sent an email to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. I've had a question since the Cotter settlement was announced and don't know where to go f- for the answer. I'm hoping you'll have a suggestion. You're pulling my leg, aren't you, Kathy? Eh? You're kind of yanking Roy around a little bit. <laughs> the prime minister's office is the uh, is the way to go. Or I'll just forward, forward you Carl's email so you can read the response you're going to get. Um, if you commit an act of treason, Kathy wasn't joking around. As I believe Cotter did by fighting for our enemy, do you give up your rights and your freedoms? Well, not according to Mr. Trudeau. Not according to our Prime Minister. Um, A survey was conducted on Labor Day weekend, and it shows that Canadians are changing their minds when it comes to adoption, giving new hope to the more than 30,000 children who are waiting to be adopted from foster care in Canada. That's a lot of kids, huh? More than half of Canadians considering adoption for the first time are open to foster care adoption, and two out of three are seriously considering it. The uh, Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, which commissioned the survey, says the numbers represent an impressive jump from five years ago and a continued shift in the attitudes about adopting children in foster care. And Liz Lebrun from Ontario recently adopted two children, both biological siblings, who had never met until Liz adopted them both. I think this is an absolutely fascinating story. And Liz LeBrun joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Liz, uh, thank you very much for taking the time, and uh, tell us about the kids. Hi, well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, My kids are currently 13 and 12, just turned 12, and they are biological siblings, as you said. Um, I adopted Maria eight years ago she was five years of age at the time of her adoption and we met her brother Andy about a year after she was adopted and we were just having access visits at that time just for the kids to be able to get to know one another 
And after about three years of visiting with him and seeing that he was still in foster care and had not been adopted at that point, uh, it seemed like the right time. And I had Andy join our family as well, and now he's adopted too. Well, congratulations, and good for those kids. They sound like they have a great mom. Well, I hope so. (laughs) Now, did you know, uh, how early did you know that there were siblings? I knew when I'd first um, come across Maria's profile, it was it was um, being presented at the Adoption Resource Exchange, and she was profiled on a, a website that's called Adopt Ontario uh, that works to help find uh, families for kids who are having a difficult time finding permanent placement. Um, and at that time in her profile, it did say that she had a biological sibling who was in foster care, and I did see his profile but because the kids had not met, they weren't looking for a family for the children together. And also, I think because both kids had autism, they weren't sure whether or not having both kids in the same home might put too much uh, demand on an adoptive parent or adoptive parents. And how has that turned out uh, for you? I think the way that it happened worked out well. I think it would have been too much to take it on at the same time, but because there was some time in between, I was able to do quite a bit of work with Maria and help her settle in, and then it really was the right timing for Andy to join the family at the time that he did. But now um, it's, it goes quite well with the two of them together. And uh, are they are, are they better off? Do, do they are they are they happy that they're together? I mean, brother sister, clearly. They, they would be, how aware are they of their total surroundings, so total circumstances? I think that when they, when they met, they were pretty young. So they were four and five at that time. Um, they did know that they were brother and sister, whether or not they had a full understanding of what that meant. I don't know. Um, I think for them, it was sort of a situation where they were meeting somebody who had a physical appearance that was similar to theirs for the first time. So um, they have a different racial background than I do. So um, neither child looks anything like me. But when they met each other, they could see somebody who who was pretty much a mirror image because they are very similar in their features. Um, and I think they thought that was pretty cool. Oh, you're a terrific lady. You're just, I'm just so impressed. Um, do you have other children as well? Uh, we're foster parents as well, so we have we currently have a foster child in the home, and we have fostered in the past. And uh, we have I have two um, stepchildren, so I've married since adopting the kids, and uh, so they've got two step brothers. And we also have um, Andy has a foster, former foster sibling who uh, is also a part of our family, and she's aged out of the foster care system, but she still connects in with our family as her uh, as her sort of home base. It must be interesting times around the LeBron dinner table, then. Yeah, it's a big dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is it that, to talk to people who are considering um, fostering children and, and, and people who may be considering also adopting children from foster care, what's the, uh, what, what's the message for, for people listening right now who are thinking, you know, maybe our family's right for this? I think the message is that if you're interested, there will be something that is right for you, and whether whether my children would have been the right children for, for you to foster or adopt, uh, I don't know, because I think every uh, every child sort of has a certain family that, that is the right fit for them, and that's definitely the, the work that the Dave Thomas Foundation does, is looking for a family to fit the child as, as opposed to looking for a child to fit a family. Um, so I think there, there will be a situation out there that you can help with regardless of what your circumstances are or where your strengths lie. For me, I had a background in autism, so that was where I was looking. Um, 
but for other people, they'll have other gifts that they can offer. And um, I think there's sort of something that everybody can do and can bring to a child's life. And I think it's just a matter of working with an agency, getting to know who the children are, who need support, and deciding what would best fit uh, with your home and your lifestyle and where you could give. And you can go to the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption site, and you can find out. I also see a, a video of your kids, but uh, you can you can find out more a lot more information. That's right. There will be lots of information with um, the Dave Thomas Foundation, uh, the Canada website. Um, and I would also suggest that people look into uh, the Adoption Council of Ontario and Adopt Ontario. Now, you said that you waited, I think it was three years between, was it three years between the adoption of your daughter and your son? Uh, yes. Um, would you recommend, what would you, what would you recommend to people about making sure, being sure, because we're talking about a child's life, mm-hmm. you're coming out of foster care, uh, whether it's a child that has is dealing with a, a disability or not, you're still talking about a child, and a yeah. child who has not experienced uh, what many would consider to be a by-the-numbers childhood. That's right. Uh, so you have to be sure of what, what you're going to be doing. This is not something you do on a whim and then back out, back That's out right. of. So, so what what do you say to people about about being sure, making sure, and making sure that the child and the family are a fit that when you leave together, you really feel like you belong together? Yeah, I think that you definitely have to do your homework around what you are open to, what you can handle and cope with, and what you cannot, because certainly every child brings their own packages and their own strengths and their own challenges, and some are are to a, a more significant extent than others. Um, I think to get to really know the child's profile, I would say as much as possible before even meeting the child. Um, and then once you get to know that child, to sort of take it at a, at a slow pace with, with visiting and um, maybe doing some activities together just to make sure that you really have a handle on what you're um, taking on and how well that works with your, your skill set and your comfort level. Um, I, I know for me, a lot of that Im- information came right away when I was starting to learn about the kids' profiles, and I found that the agencies were very honest and upfront about exactly you know what they'd gone through and what their needs were and what the challenges were to make sure that I wasn't walking into anything that I didn't uh, have a chance to prepare for. Do foster parents get enough support? I found I found that our support has been fantastic. Um, I've fostered well sort of with two different areas because of where my son had come from um but yeah i found the support to be to be good i think that um i think workers have a lot on their plates i think they're they have you know fairly hefty case loads and they're trying to juggle a lot and sort of working with a lot of surprises on an ongoing basis with what's on their to-do list um, but I've found the workers that I've worked with have done a great job making sure that they are connecting and being available and being supportive. Um, I just think it's a busy system. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of needs. And as always, you know, it would be nice to have more resources in every area. But I've always felt nicely supported by our workers. When I've done uh, programs in the past on the issue of foster care, occasionally somebody called and said, well, you have to be, you also have to consider the age of the child and the age of the parents. Uh, how much of a how much of a factor of a factor is the age of the child, or is it more the experience of the child that that should be considered? Because you, you want to you want to have a yeah. home, right? You want to have a home where the child is going to be able to 
breathe and feel like, yeah, this is my place. Yeah, I think it's probably not as much about age as experience and what their needs are as a result of their experience. Um, you know, I think definitely you have to be sort of comfort, comfortable with whatever developmental stage. So if, if you're looking at bringing a teenager into the home, you're going to have certain challenges that are related to that that person being in that particular stage of life. Um, but I think it's more to do with the individual profile. And I, thought, I always say the same thing for disabilities as well. So if it says on somebody's profile that they have autism or Down syndrome, um, sometimes that's the scare away moment where people look at it and say, oh, no, I don't think I can do that. But everybody with those labels is such an individual. So it would be worth looking past that and just, you know, digging in for a little more information on who that person is as an individual. Um, because, you know, you never know if it, if it might be the right fit. And uh, I, I would just say rather than looking at just sort of those um, first statistics that you might get in a child, how old they are, you know, they've been through this, they've been through that, they have this label on them maybe get to know them a little bit more, get to know their profile a little bit more on an individual level. 30,000 kids across this country are in foster mm-hmm. care, and they need to be adopted. Let me ask you this. What is what, what motivated you to become a foster parent initially? I actually was an adoptive parent before I was a foster parent, so my first experience was adopting Maria. Um, and I had always, since I was young, I'd always wanted to adopt a child. And I think the the best recollection I have is my mom talking about Um, children that she worked with as a child and youth worker and um, talking at various points about her interest in fostering or adopting, which she didn't do, but she sort of planted the seed with me. And I, you know, I have stories that I have written in, you know, grade six and seven about, you know, what's your life going to be like in the future where I had referenced that I would have adopted children um, because that was always something that was on my radar more so than having biological children. Yeah. Liz, uh, it was a real pleasure to speak with you, and I just remembered um, several times I've watched a television show or a segment on, on TV. Often it has to do with sports, and you'll find there's a great athlete, and a great professional athlete or a global athlete, somebody who is sort of a world leader, and then you find out that this athlete was adopted. So the interviewer inevitably and invariably asks the uh, athlete, or the, the famous person about being adopted. And the wonderful things they say about their adoptive family are just yeah. heartwarming. It's just, you know, it's just like they didn't, when they were adopted, nobody knew that we were going to be adopting a superstar. That's right. <laughs> you were just adopting a great kid or a good kid or a That's kid right. you wanted. And then it yeah. turned out to this wonderful story and the, and, and the giving and the, and the caring between the two. It's just remarkable to see. It is. It is. It works both ways, too, because I think with my kids, what they've brought to me has been probably 10 times what I've brought to them in terms of my learning and the way I've learned to just look at the world and what to appreciate and, uh, and other people they've brought into my life as well. As I said, we have a big, we have a big table and a lot of that is because, you know, through adopting one child, it's brought a whole lot more people into our life. You're a remarkable lady. Thank you so much for uh, spending the time with us. Thanks again for your focus on adoption. We all appreciate that. You know, Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. Liz LeBrun joining us on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network.